Boomtron. 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 Boomtron, but you're never gonna move on. Netflix OGs get your groove on. We talk about it all, we could be wrong. Kill the better views like a Demogorgon. Boomtron, but you're never gonna move on. Just a few guys talking about the originals. Yo, pick a favorite show, we can put it on. We know it also, nothing's atypical. And welcome to episode 21 of the Boomtron Podcast. I am Diego. I'm joined once again by Amy and Damon. We're pressing play on Netflix Originals. Hello, everyone. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys doing? doing 21. Well. I didn't think we'd make it. We made it to 21. <laughs> I feel like you say the same thing at the beginning of every episode. Like, you're surprised. Uh, every every episode. Every episode is a new adventure. I, I will have to say thank you to everyone that's listened, though. Actually, our numbers have gone up dramatically, and it's been, you know, always nice to see that. Yeah, that's dope. That's very dope. So this is a special episode only because we're actually going to dive deep into just a movie instead of a, a whole series with, uh, you know, episodes and whatnot. So interested to see how that turns out. Yeah, but uh, Amy or Damon, have you guys watched anything before we get into Moxie? Um, yep. So I finished Disenchantment finally. It was okay, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean that's kind of what I would say. It was okay. Um, I was watching Working Moms, which again is just okay. We tried to watch the Bigfoot movie. Ugh. terrible. Just oh really? That's Bigfoot family was absolutely terrible. That's um, not even like on my to watch list. So good. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it it was it was really bad. I I couldn't even like I think we got like three quarters of the way through it, and we all just kind of got up and left. Like, all right, I'm 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 done here. Okay. I'm done Interesting. Here. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Right. Well, what I watched you? I watched Ginny and Georgia, and yes. I have to tell you, I. I would have done an episode on that because that I loved that series. I thought it was fan like from start to finish. There was nothing about it that I didn't love. So I, I, I got two episodes left in it Okay, and I'm watching it with the wife. It's really not that bad. It's, right? it's actually, it's pretty, it's pretty good. The, the, the actors in it are pretty, are very likable. I enjoy it. It has, you know what? It kind of just thinking about it now. It kind of has that, um, outer banks kind of feel to it yeah. where i didn't think i was going to like it mm-hmm. and i'm pleasantly surprised and it's entertaining like i want to finish it i'm hoping we can finish it tonight uh, but it's very 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 enjoyable so. it really is i am so on board for a second season of that so but right. that's the only thing i've really been watching um wow okay. yeah yeah you, D- damon watched more than you this time amy it's kind of it's kind of interesting yeah <laughs> well, besides Ginny and Georgia, I watched Age of Samurai, Battle for Japan. I only got to, like, the first three episodes. Pretty cool. It's a nice little, like, documentary slash, like, drama kind of thing. So it's it's enjoyable to watch. I watched Pele, the movie. And that how was, was really, that? That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, I like Pele. I know a little bit about it. But seeing more in depth about it is pretty cool. And then I also watched the Biggie Smalls documentary movie, and that was really good. That was really well done. I enjoyed that. Getting to know things that I didn't know about him, uh, you know, outside of being a big hip-hop superstar. So that was that was pretty dope. And that's about it. And then, of course, Moxie. So you guys ready to jump into a little bit of Moxie? I think so. All right. Amy, so. 
Amy, you want to take the charge here or Damon sure. or? Sure. So Moxie is a movie that's about um, this teenage girl. And she is someone who at the beginning of the film seems to kind of blend into the background. She doesn't seem very well known. She has a best friend. They have their lives. They're very happy. Um, and then as the movie progresses, she winds up becoming more of an activist and kind of rallying a charge of the girls at her school to kind of fight against um, specialized treatment of some of the boys and just the way that the boys treat the girls in the school. And it becomes a whole movement. And I loved it. I thought it was great. I really thought it was great. It was nice. It wasn't, um, again, another thing, another movie or show that I went into it not reading anything really about. So I didn't know what to expect. I think they did a really nice job of either making you connect with the characters or making you really hate a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the casting was well done. I yeah. mean, it was it was interesting to see Amy Pollard as the mother. I don't I don't know how that worked for me. Yeah. I didn't even think about it because she was so she wasn't a big part of it all the way until the girl had her issues, but. No, I, 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 I really liked the characters in it. They were, very, like you said, very well casted. And I, I actually thought, I'm so used to Amy Poehler being over the top, right? Like in Mean Girls, mm-hmm. she's the cool mom and she's ridiculous. Um, in this, I felt like she was just kind of a normal person. Like she went to work, she was a single mother, she went to work, she came home. And at some point during the movie, she starts dating this guy, but she's feeling a little weird about it. Like. I found her to be pretty believable. I, I actually enjoyed mm-hmm. her in this part. I thought it was a different kind of role for her. And, and it she was wasn't the main focus. Right. And she really wasn't. She really she wasn't. She was what you would call like a, a, what would you guys always use the word, a uh, plot device, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. Like she, she was just, she was just there to move the story along. So I didn't right. really mind her. Didn't take anything. I'll tell you what, man. I, there were two things that really stuck out to me. My hatred for this Mitchell, the football mm. uh, captain. Mm-hmm. You could you if you didn't hate him within the first five minutes of watching him, I I don't you stop watching, right? Because I really did not like his him at all. So he he played that role really well. He did. I again if I if I look at this, I think it did a really good job at depicting what high school kind of feels like. Mm-hmm. Right. You know there was I, I liked like I said I liked all the interactions that went on and kind of the, the growth development of some of the characters from, you know, again, I look at this movie, you know, in three parts, right? And I think they did a very good job at getting the, you know, everyone from part one to part three in something that felt very natural mm-hmm. for a progression. Right. And then my, so if, if we were going to talk about something that really bothered me, it's just, and I feel like this is just a common tre- uh, trend in any time that a movie takes place within a school, it's just the complete ineptitude of the teachers. Yeah. From the, from the administration down to the, the just the homeroom or classroom teachers, just like the principal in itself, just completely like ignoring or like pushing away the problems. So, right. And I just like that. I just, I mean, maybe it does happen. Maybe it happens more than I think. And I'm just, you know, I, I don't see I it. I think that you're way. in a very good school district. Right. So you, you have to kind of factor that in. Maybe. You're right. Yeah. 
So why don't we, I guess, start from the beginning and then kind of mm-hmm. just like, I, guess, I mean, like Damon, you kind of said there's three parts to it. So we could kind of do it like that and talk about, you know, where we were at the beginning, middle, and then I guess the end of the movie and just kind of talk about that. What do you guys right. think? So I thought they had, I thought right at the very beginning, I mean, the movie opens up with her having a dream, right? And she's right. having this dream that she's running in the forest and then she, you know, something's chasing her and then she tries to scream and no sound comes out. And I was like, okay, so this is blatant imagery, right? They're definitely trying to get <laughs> us to understand that as a young woman, she feels like she has no voice, right? Um, which then, you know, immediately gets carried into her going to school that day. Um, and again, you know, they have a, a brief interaction with her mom in the morning before she goes to school. Her mom's like, hey, can I take your first day of school picture? And she's like, dude, I'm a junior. Like, we're not doing that. Um, and then she's off to school and it just kind of shows this comfortable relationship they have with she has with her mom. Because right. then, you know, she pretends to take the picture and then she texts it to her mom. But really, she took a picture of her mom and her mom's like, oh, OK. But her mom's not really mad. Like, she's like, oh, you know, whatever. She's a junior. I, I get it. She goes to school. We, you know, we see her interacting with her best friend, who is this girl named Claudia. And the two of them seem to be very into the original, the way that they're discussing it sounds like their goal is to eventually get to college and be scientists where they're studying in a lab together. And they don't right. really seem super engaged with the they rest don't... of the school. Yeah, they seem like they they're comfortable with being on the outside, but they know a lot about what's going around the school, and they talk about like the rankings right away. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. Who's going to be the best? What the most? This the most that best? This blah blah blah. Uh, so they do seem to know a lot of the, I guess what you would call the cool kids, what the cool kids are doing in the in crowd. Yeah, we just also don't know the size of the school, so maybe that's just because that's of a school point. size thing, right? That's a good point. That's a good point. That could be. Yeah. I mean, there definitely seem to be enough kids when they have the pep rally, but are they only seniors? Are they only juniors? Or is that the whole school right there? So that's a, that's a good point, but you're right. They, they, and that's kind of how they bring us into what's happening at the school is that the girls start talking about this ranking list. And it's not like, you know, at the end of the year when it's like best dressed and most likely <laughs> to succeed. Um, you know, it's it's a list that the the boys in the school have put together where they are ranking the girls in the school based on physical characteristics and so forth. And the girls are at the beginning, they don't seem when they're talking about it, when when the two best friends are talking about, it, they don't seem super upset by it at the beginning they're just kind of discussing it oh this one's going to win that no this one's going to knock that one out this year and oh that one's going to be this and it's just more of like a this is what happens here kind of thing which seems to be the mentality for a while right both of them throughout like even in talking about who mitchell is um a little bit later she's like well he's just a jerk that's just who he's been since second grade almost like we just ignore it and we don't say anything about it because this is just how it's always been. Kind of like, just which, let it go. Yes. Right. Which, quite honestly, is kind of how it happens, you know, unfortunately. And that's how these people get to be so empowered because people just keep excusing it as, ah, is harmless. Ah, it's just annoying. Right. Right. Um, and so I felt like the beginning of the movie is just kind of setting up who everybody is, right? Like we see the soccer players at their locker and then we see the two friends walking down the hall. And then we finally get 
uh, we see the cheerleaders, we see the football team, but then all of a sudden we get a new girl in class and the new girl goes to class. And when the teacher, again, as you said, Diego, who is, you know, kind of super friendly with the kids and of course seems very alive, he's allowing Mitchell to call him by his first name, whereas everybody else is calling him Mr. Whatever. Um, and so it kind of gets that feeling like this is a guy who gets some special treatment, right? Right. Um, but he, he was rolling out The Great Gatsby, which was the summer reading. And he says, why do we read this book? And the new girl raises her hand and she's like, yeah, why would we read this book? Why are we still just reading books written by white men and calling it the American dream? And then she goes into this thing. If you want to write a story about the American dream, let's read a book by immigrants. Let's read a book by black Americans. Let's read a book by people who've had to struggle for the American dream, not a book about a white guy living in a mansion, um, <laughs> which of course is not well, well accepted. And Mitchell comes right back at her. Right. And then just keeps interrupting her and interrupting her and just being like this toxic ma ma macho kind of jerky guy. Ultra toxic, ultra toxic. Oh, and the teacher yeah. does nothing. He kind of like plays with it. He kind of almost seems like he sides with Mitchell. Right. Right. At this point, he does. Like, in fact, when he was he's talking about Mitchell's like talking and then the teacher's like, oh, it was spoken like a true Nick Carraway. So like yeah. he's even like kind of glorifying it like, hey, and he's the hero of our book and so on and so forth. So I thought I thought that was an interesting scene um, because you could already tell that Mitchell was a jerk beforehand. But now he just really shows who he is. But it also showed how the adults were kind of pandering to him, right? Right. And right. again, I I know it happened in school when I was in school. I would hope that this isn't still the experience, but they wouldn't still be making movies about it if it wasn't. You That's know, true. if it wasn't happening. So it wouldn't resonate with so many people if this was something that just wasn't happening anywhere else. Right. I think it is also interesting, you know, from a high level that we have all that, but then at a very base level, we have him spitting in her soda. Oh, yeah. And I think that just kind of seals the deal and really pushes it over the top to what sort of person he is. And we see Vivian, the the girl, kind of witness it in class. She sees him do the thing with the soda, right? So she's seen him, and this is where you talked about Amy. She she confronts a new girl who's uh, I believe Lucy, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And she goes to her and she's like, "Listen, just keep your head down." Uh, Mitchell's just he's just being annoying. He's been like that since second grade, and she's trying to like tell Lucy to like ignore it. If you ignore it, he'll leave you alone. And he'll find someone else to to bother. And Lucy's right. like, "Nah, I'm gonna hold my head high." Right. And that kind and that kind of like sparks Vivian to be like, "What? What?" We do that here, right? We, we're gonna we're gonna fight back, kind of exactly. thing. Exactly, exactly. Because truthfully, I think Vivian's experience, and and I think she had probably been told because it certainly seemed like in the adults in the building that that was kind of the mentality to ah, just leave it alone, just, just ignore it, because that's what they did. Um, you know that that it was just so new to her, and and Damon, I agree with you because he's doing that like Eddie Haskell thing with the adults, like, oh, the adults love me. They, you know, they just think I'm this precocious, blah, blah, blah. But then when he thinks he's alone with Lucy, that's when he spits, he would never spit in the drink if there was an adult around, right? Yeah. But he thinks he's alone. And now he's going to show who he really is when he spits in this drink. And, and it's, 
it's funny because in my notes here, when you first meet Mitchell and even the first, like before he even spits in the drink, before even the classroom, I wrote down, I don't want his redemption story. I don't want him to turn around. He needs to go. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> he needs to be, he needs to be taken down. Right. And, and, and truthfully, he doesn't redeem himself. Like he's just no. a bad guy. And, and so, yeah, so I feel like that's really the beginning of the story yes. or the part one of the story. Right. And at the same time, when she then goes home and she's explaining like what had happened with her mother and then her mom kind of opens up a little and is saying, you know, oh, yeah, you know, we were we used to really rebel, you know, rebel against that right. stuff. And and that's where she and goes and she of, creates the, yeah, that's the, kind of the, the moxie transition into part two, I would think. Right. So she yeah. goes ahead, she creates, she kind of looks through her mom's photo book almost and like sees what it was like. And then she creates this, um, I forget what Lucy calls it because she said it was real popular in the Bay Area. But it pretty much looked like a, a pamphlet of sorts. And it was called Moxie and it has all this. I think it was an e-zine is what we're Yeah, it was about. a yeah. zine. Okay. Yeah. And so she just filled it with a bunch of, she made her own ranking, I think, right? Yeah. And she she listed Mitchell as the biggest POS, the mm-hmm. number one POS uh, mm-hmm. of the school, and she makes like fifty copies, leaves it in the girls' bathroom, and at first no one really sees it, but then it kind of picks up a little bit, and of course Lucy has it in class. Mitchell takes it, and uh, it kind of escalates from there a little bit. Yeah. I like I like the fact that they didn't go with the she does the zine and then it's super popular and everyone jumps in right like I feel like right. it was such a good work of you know again a slow burn but not boring but everything didn't always happen at once it happened a little bit more realistically mm-hmm. and that made it feel a little bit more important right so so that first I guess zine you know I think it only got probably to like a handful of people. And then she does the, you know, wear the stars, draw stars on your hands for support. Yeah. And at first she sees like no one's doing it. No one's doing it. So she goes to the bathroom, starts washing it off. But then she sees like the girls soccer team, the captain and the friend, they have the stars and then her boy has the star. And then so it's kind of, it kind of starts getting a little bit momentum. And then here's where you kind of see her and Claudia kind of, there's like a little wedge between them because Claudia doesn't know how to I guess be part of that right away. And you kinda of learn a little bit about that later on with Claudia yeah. about why. And I thought that part that part was that's very I like that part a lot in the movie. I don't know if that would be the second part or the third or the at the end if you want to talk about that now. Again, I think it was very realistically done. Yeah. Well I'm talking about when Claudia tells Viv that, you know, yes. she can't protest the same way Mm-hmm. As Vivian, because she doesn't have the same liberties to take, because while she's, I guess, Asian, Vivian is white. And so right. she's like, I can't take those chances like you do. And then that's where her and Vivian have a fight. She calls her a coward. And then that's it. Like, they're not friends for a couple days, it seems. Well, and it's not even that. I feel like even before that, we get some insight into Claudia and who she is um, and why she's not participating fully when so then they're in class and and i feel like this scene probably resonated with so many girls um but the caitlin 
the principal comes into the English class again, because, you know, I guess they had no other classes, but she comes into <laughs> the English class again and she says, Caitlin, I want to see you in the hallway. And she's like, why would I do And She's like, you need to cover up because Caitlin's wearing a tank top and Caitlin is a larger chested girl. Um, and she's like, what do you mean? This is what I'm wearing. I don't have something to cover up. And she's like, it's not appropriate. And she points to the girl sitting next to her who is not as well endowed. And she's like, it's literally the same thing that she's wearing. Why is she not getting in trouble? And I mean, dress code is an issue everywhere, right? This idea of why, why do we need dress codes in high school? Why are we, why are we monitoring what the girls are wearing? Why are we saying that girls wearing certain things make it harder for boys to learn instead of why are we not teaching boys? Hey, focus on yourself. Like girls can wear what they want to wear. You can wear what you want to wear, what you want to wear and just kind of focus. So then it becomes this huge thing where then in Moxie uh, that night, Viv Prince, you know, hey, we're all going to wear tank tops to school on Thursday. And she's not really sure how it's going to go, but they're all kind of texting each other. Don't forget your tank top. Don't forget your tank top. And then you can see Claudia who comes downstairs wearing the tank top. And again, she wasn't much of a rebel. I'm thinking, dude, why didn't you just wear like a jacket over it on your way out of the house? But she comes downstairs wearing the tank top and her mom is immediately like, absolutely not go upstairs and change. So she is trying to participate, but is unable to because she has this very, very strict mother, which is another level of Claudia, right? This, this thing where Claudia is so torn about everything and she does have the piece where it's a greater risk for her if she gets in trouble. And at the same time, she also has this mother who's all over her case about everything she does. And so rather than, and this is one of those scenes where it just makes me bananas because I feel like they, they've been best friends since they were little. So if Claudia goes to school and say, look, I was wearing the tank top, yeah. and you know my mom then Vivian would have been like, oh yeah, totally. I totally get that, right? Or if she 100%. had called her and said, there's no way my mom's gonna let me out of the house in a tank top. Can you bring one for me? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. That that piece, I just was like, Claudia, have a little game. Like, let, let's figure out how to <laughs> wear the tank top to school. But at the same time, gave us a little bit more insight into Claudia and why she wasn't participating as fully as everybody else. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. And then, all the girls wear the tank tops. They really do. Like most and of the, the boys in the and, 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 and the, some of and the, the boys. boys yeah. Yes. Yeah. Some of the boys are wearing them too. And which Seth. again is interesting when Caitlin's getting in trouble, she even turns to one of the boys and she's like, look, he's wearing something like this too. And he's not getting in trouble. So again, I, I thought that was a really great, great scene. And, and one that I think would probably resonate with girls all across the country. Um, right. Because it continues to be such an issue in high schools and middle schools around the country. So, and in anyway, the sec so, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, and also in the second part now, we also get the the competition for the scholarship, where oh. once again you have the principal, pretty much. I mean, there was some sort of nomination system, but she's like running unimposed for the scholarship is Mitchell again. And here's where Lucy, she's like, wait, no, I'm, I'm, I'm nominating my girl, uh, Kiera, mm -hmm. the soccer, the soccer player. And then everyone, you know, says, okay, she gets her five votes. So now it's a competition is to try to get her the scholarship, which in the end turns out that she doesn't get enough votes because Mitchell went on to the, the school broadcast 
to pretty yeah, much say I'm like. Yeah, I'm so sure. To be honest with you, I don't think it would matter. I don't think Kiara was going to get that scholarship no matter what, because who was giving the scholarship? An old football player. Um, somebody who used to play football. He was the old captain of the team, you know, the old quarterback in years past. And even before the competition, he's, he's standing there, they're waiting for the announcement to be made, and he's high-fiving Mitchell. So I, I kind of felt like the fix was in on that. I don't think it would have mattered if Kiara got all the votes. I don't think I, she ever was going to win that. I was waiting for some kind of reveal that the vote was rigged somehow. Me too. Whether yeah. it was the principal who rigged it or the, the football team found some way to rig it. But I was expecting that some kind of reveal there. And uh, I, I will say I was kind of disappointed there because I feel like, and we'll get to that at the end, you know, you know, you said that Mitchell does not get his, his a re- it's not a redemption story for Mitchell yeah. at all. Um, I just don't think it mattered enough. That I, I felt the same way. Like I was looking for that, like, well, who cheated? But in the end, right, like that may have taken away from what we were dealing with in the movie, right? Good like point. It almost didn't matter. Good point. Good point. Yeah, Good point. I don't think it like mattered to the outcome of the story. And again, if that was going to happen, it would have needed to be more towards the end anyway, because yes. then you would have this victory mid-movie, and then you, why do you still have the rest of the movie? But I, I felt like it was... I felt like it would have been good to have explored that just a little bit further just to solidify. Although truthfully at this point, I felt pretty solid on who the good guys and the bad guys were. So I don't think we needed like any more evidence, but it might have helped to talk about the adults role in it and how the adults were complicit in what was happening to the girls. But maybe there was, maybe that just was the vote, right? At the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's very true. So I guess yeah. moving to the final part of the movie, the end part, right? Is, well, hang on. Uh, the, Before we get oh. to the end, let's talk about the principal because we really haven't talked about like specifically. So Lucy, right off the bat, when Mitchell is giving her a hard time, the first thing Lucy does is she goes to the principal and she says like, I am being harassed by Mitchell. And the principal says to her, ooh, when you use the word harass, there's a whole bunch of paperwork I have to do. Yeah, I think it was um, bullying, I think, right? Because yeah, that, that's the term, yeah. yeah. And uh, and she's like, there's a whole lot. So maybe we could just say that he's been bothering you, right? And and maybe you could just ignore that, right? And so right off the bat, you have this principle, which, again, I, I mean, I smell a lawsuit here, but that maybe 100%. that's just... And again, maybe that's just where we work, but I, I, and maybe it does happen in other districts um, across the country, but I can't imagine a principal today having a girl come into his office and say, somebody's harassing me, somebody's bullying me, and them saying, oh, let's just, you know, I'm not going to talk about that right now. Let's just sweep that under the carpet. Um, Too much paperwork. Right. So (laughs) she shows it there. And then... Later, she brings um, she brings Vivian into her office, and she's like, you know, Vivian, who who did this? Like, who is Moxie? And Vivian's like, I don't really know. And she's like, well, this just all needs to go away. This needs to stop. And Vivian's like, are, are you kidding me? Like, do you not see what happens in this school? And again, this principal, she just won't give anything for it. She just wants her job to be easy. And then. Vivian says to her, do you like him? Like, do you even like Mitchell? He's not a good guy. And the principal just kind of dances her way around that as well. And I found that to be really interesting. But even more so, I found the teacher um, 
to be interesting, the whole situation with the teacher, because when they're talking about the tank tops and there was going to be a walkout as well, um, he, the first time that they kind of confront him on it, he's very uncomfortable, right? Which is understandable as a male teacher being asked to comment on what a female student is wearing. I can understand that he is like, I'm, this is not something I should be. And then somebody's filming the discussion as well on their phone. And he's like, yeah, this is, I, no, thank you. I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to. And you can see that he's very caught. Then later when there's going to be the walkout, he's like, look, you know, I can tell you that technically if you walk out, you know, there's going to be a consequence for it. So I can't tell you what to do. And then he holds his hands up and he's drawn the stars and the hearts on his hands as kind of a message to the girls that he's on their side. So he was somebody who I was grateful had a mix of a character um, or had a bit of a character arc there mm -hmm. um, because I just kept thinking, you know, if this is the only teacher we're going to get to see, because really he is, you have the principal and you have this guy. If this is the only teacher that we're going to get to see, like, how could how could somebody who spends their entire life with children and students really be that unfeeling to what these girls are saying you know so i was grateful that he had an arc and he kind of changed and was able to see what was really happening that made me gave me like a little like oh, okay <laughs> all right some adult is seeing this you know so no that was which good. then like you said probably takes us to part three Right, and so part three, you know, they, they lose the vote for the scholarship, Kiara loses, and Vivian kind of falls apart a little bit, and she kind of, you know, lashes out at her mom, at her boyfriend, and kind of loses, now she's no not friends with Claudia, and she's kind of, like, spirals out a little bit and loses, you know, the, the goal here. And even her boyfriend's like, you're a coward as well. Like, you hide. You don't want people to know. And then she finds that note, right? Right. That the, the anonymous note from uh, a girl who says that she's been raped. Mm -hmm. And so then she, Vivian kind of like, well, wh where do I go from here? What do I do? And she, 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 she does something. <laughs> she she does something so she goes to the school and she paints the, the the top of the landing of the stairs and what does she write there i can't remember i can't remember the name of the school it's i think it's like woodhurst or something and she writes rapehurst okay or it's something wood and she writes rape wood or whatever she changes the beginning of the school's name to rape and she paints it in big red paint letters up on the front of the school and she schedules the the walkout at mm -hmm. whatever time you know at the at the beginning of first bell whatever. And, and that time where smashes the trophy. Oh, oh yeah, she smashes the teen principal of the year trophy, right? Right, right. So, uh, you know, the principal's like, if anyone walks out, it's you know you're gonna there's gonna be a lot of uh, repercussions. And that's kind of where you see the the teacher have his story arc there that you mentioned, Amy, with the stars on his hands, saying it's like it's out of my hands, and then he shows right. him her hands, and the, the girls eventually walk out, uh, and the girls, boys, everyone. It's a lot of people that walked out, and that's where Vivian kind of, you know, tells everyone that she's the one that created Moxie. Right, right. And and we didn't mention 
that Claudia actually winds up being suspended because when Claudia finally does kind of take a stand, she goes to the principal because the principal is taking down these moxie posters that are around the building right. and the posters for Kiera. And she says, look, you're not a school club. And so Claudia registers Moxie as a school club and she puts her name down. And so when everything keeps ramping up with Moxie and there's the tank tops situation where all the girls wear the tank tops, the principal then suspends Claudia and says that Claudia must be the person who, you know, who's running Moxie because she's the one who registered it. And then Claudia and Vivian kind of have it out where that's when Claudia gives her speech about you know, I can't take the risks that you can take. And they have, they kind of have it out. And that's when they essentially for a while kind of end the friendship. And then we have later, we have this walkout and um, Claudia does show up to the walkout. And like you said, Vivian says, it's me. I started this and I'm standing behind it. And everyone's like, oh yeah, I knew it was you. Yeah, it's um, to have a voice, right? To have a voice. Yeah, to have a voice. And, and then Emma, who's the head cheerleader, who is the on that first day of school when they walk in they were talking about you know all what what's happened over the summer as well and they said oh i heard that mitchell and emma broke up i heard that he broke up with her and right. so you know throughout the the seat throughout the movie they're not together but you can see that she's always a little uncomfortable she's always lurking around the edges of moxie the girls are having a meeting in the locker room and emma's kind of eavesdropping on the meeting and when they finally see her they're like hey do you want to join us she's like oh no i just left something here so you you know that emma has some story to tell and that emma wants to be a part of this but something's holding her back so then as vivian is talking then emma suddenly pipes up from the crowd and she says i'm the one who wrote the note and then she hops up on the bench and she says that Mitchell raped her um, at her own house in her bedroom after the prom. And the principal is watching out the window and hears this. And so then the principal goes to that English class and she says, I need Mitchell. I need to see Mitchell. And at this point, you know, there's she, she can't not do something at this point. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm assuming the police were called, but, you know, I don't know. But. So I thought that was an interesting scene because then Emma's explaining how she has been feeling and she's like, you know, I just want to scream. And they're like, all right, so scream. So Emma screams and then they all scream. And then we see a little bit of a flashback to the dream that opened up the movie where Vivian was screaming and had no voice, but now she's screaming and she does have a voice, right? And she can be heard. And of course her mother shows up as well. And her mom's like, hey, this is pretty great. And she's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't tell you what was going on. And so they kind of reconcile there at the end. And then the boyfriend, I don't really feel like we spoke a lot about Seth. Um, right. He seemed like a cool dude, though. He seemed like a really cool dude. And I have to say, I really appreciated the character of Seth from a movie standpoint. Because I feel like whenever there's a movie that's about girl power or about girls being empowered, mm -hmm. the only guys who are ever on their side are their gay friends. And I loved the fact that you had a straight guy who was not only, you know, on board with the movement, but was actively participating, right? He drew the stars and hearts on his hand. He wore a tank top. He walked out like he was right in there with it. Um, he was the fifth person to nominate Kiara, right? They're like, we need five people. And he stands up and he's like, great, I nominate Kiara. So like he, it was so nice to see that. 
um, because I feel like they always relegate the role of supportive guy to the girl power movement to being like a gay friend. And I thought it was really nice that they had somebody, they didn't go that route. They, they played it differently. Um, and he was a really good boyfriend too. He was so supportive of her. He liked her for who she was. He remembered things about her when she was, you know, what she wore in kindergarten. He reminded me, he, he reminded me a lot of the boyfriend and Jeannie in Georgia. Yes. Yeah. Very yeah. similar. Very nice. I would agree with that. <laughs> Just a nice guy, right? Like a yeah. really <laughs> cool, nice guy. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I thought it was such a good movie. And I, I, I thought it was, I also liked the fact that Mitchell didn't get redeemed because that's yes. real life, right? There's not a redemption arc for people. Some people are just bad people, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, I like that they didn't try to make him a sympathetic character. Like there wasn't a scene of him at home watching his domineering dad be mean to his mom, you know, in an effort to make us understand him better. I don't really care why he acts the way that he acts. He raped somebody. He spit in a girl's soda can. He interrupts the girls when they're talking. He objectifies them. He's a bad guy. And I don't know. I just, I, I thought it was really, really well done. I know it was based on a book. I didn't read the book, so I don't know how it measures up against the book, but it's a book that I would be interested in reading because I'd be curious if there were things that were in the book that weren't here or how everything was moved around. But I, I loved it. I thought this was a great movie. And it's funny because my daughter um, was home from college for the weekend and I was like, Hey, you want to watch this with me? And she's like, Oh, I don't know. She's like, I saw the preview. <laughs> it looks like it could be good, but I don't know. And then we watched it and I said to her afterwards, like, what'd you think? And she's like, Oh my God, I think I need to watch that again. And I was like, yeah, it's that kind of movie. Like it just kind of grabbed you. So I, this I was, would be a two thumbs up for me. It was good. It was very it was good. good. I would agree. Yeah. Two thumbs up for me as well. I thought it was well done. The characters, like I said, you either, they, it was, you could relate to them, connect to them, or you hated them. So they did what they were supposed to do. Right. Right. So. And, and I was grateful that there weren't a ton of characters that I hated. There were enough people for me to root for. <laughs> Right. Because I like to root for people, you know? So Okay. So two thumbs up, I guess, all around? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, would you guys have anything that you're looking forward to watching? Yeah, I mean a lot, but I don't did we do that anymore? I thought yeah. We did. Yeah, we did. We do we that. Do? We do that still. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> um, I'm gonna watch Paradise P D even though it's like terrible, I still have to watch it. Um, the Irregulars, <laughs> yes. which we're going to watch The Irregulars. I might watch Yesterday. I'm going to be honest with you. I might actually yeah. watch that. But what I'm interested in is The One. Yes, I'm I really, was just going to say that. I'm really interested in that. I don't know if it's going to make me mad or not, but I'm, I'm interested in that. What about, didn't sure. we talk about um, the, Pirate, the Lost Pirate Kingdom? Yeah, yes, you know what the, the problem radar? that I have with that is it's not, um, I thought it was going to be fiction. And it's it's not. like a doc. It's a documentary, right? It is. I think it's very similar. And you know what? It's very. It looks very similar to the Last Samurai, the way they do it, where it's like people talking, then they yep. act it out, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, that's not my jam. So. Yeah, that does not sound great. Amy, I want to see it, Last Chance You basketball. Yep. I thought that looked really good, and I'm not huge on 
reality shows. I'm really not. <laughs> but I'm kind of interested in marriage or mortgage. I saw that too. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like interesting like this wedding plan and it's not even like i don't know it's a wedding planner and a real estate agent competing against each other to help figure figure out would you rather have a fairy tale wedding or would you rather have a dream house not to me like Oof. there's no invest in your future man and get the house we, but, we 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 did our wedding super small so we could buy a house right, right off the bat yeah. right but that's kind of why I want to watch because I need to see the people who are going to pick the wedding because <laughs> I'm really curious about that. And then I know this is a little far in advance, but I want to see and I'm a little nervous about it because it seems like, you know how you guys said the crew was like a sitcom? Yeah. I want to see Country Comfort, but it also looks like it's going to be a sitcom. So I'm a little anxious about that, but I kind of want to see it anyway. So. All right. Well, the two that you guys didn't mention that are definitely on my radar is Amy, and I'm surprised you didn't see this. Maybe it's on your list. It's Haunted Latin America. I did not see that. Real people's terrifying tales of chilling, unexplained paranormal come to life. What? With reenactments. And then the other one is The Last Blockbuster. A little documentary on The Last Blockbuster that's still open in America. Get out. There's still one of it open? Yeah, I think it's on the West Coast. I want to say it's like Oregon or Washington or something like that. Okay. Well, I actually oh. had two more that I wanted to see. All One right. of them was called Coven of Sisters. Um, I'll watch anything about witches. So Coven of Sisters looks good. But then also there's one coming, and again, it's March 15th, but it's called Zero Chill. And I love, love ice skating movies. And it's about this figure skater who has to leave everything behind because her family is following her twin brother, who's a hockey player, to like this hockey academy. And I... I am all over that because they there was this hockey or skating one called Spinning Out and it was just one season and I thought for sure there'd be a second season and there never was. So I've had like a little bit of a skating gap in my heart. And so Zero Chill is going to fill that in for me. So. All right. All right. Anything else? No, that's all I got. All right. So not bad for our first episode here about, you know, solely a movie. We'll definitely have to talk off air to see what we're going to watch next. So definitely stay tuned to the the Facebook page or the Instagram page to see what we're going to dive deep into next. Definitely have plenty of ideas to kind of share. So guys, have anything else to add? That's it. I think that's That's it. That's it. All right. Well, as always, thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye, everyone. Just a disclaimer here, no members of the Boomtron podcast are employed by Netflix, nor do they have any business ties with the Netflix Corporation. This podcast for entertainment purposes only, and all Netflix news and information that is shared is simply what these three yahoos found online.